There's the ten biscuits on now. Ten biscuits on. Yeah, he's increased his state. Yeah, what he won on River Tiber. Yeah. We give him a price boost to even money. Okay. The paws are on. Yeah. Right, let's get into it then. Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. I'm Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we preview some of the main action this weekend at Newcastle, Newmarket and at the Curragh where of course they've got the Irish Derby on Sunday. But before we get into that, Katie, how are things with you? Did you enjoy Royal Ascot last week? I did. It was a great meeting. A lot of surprising results, big price winners. It uh, started off well for me. Enjoyed seeing River Tiber win, Paddington, then Rogue Millennium on the second day was a good winner too. Went a bit downhill from there, picked up a little bit on Saturday, um, but it was a great meeting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's my favourite flat meeting of the year. I think it probably is for many racing fans as well, and it was great. And did I hear you had a cheeky couple of quid on Cardam as well? I did add a bit of a save on. I thought just before the off, 125 to 1. It was a bit big in a race like that. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in that kind of sprint. And so I had a little saver on him. So, yeah, got me out of trouble on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully uh, you'll actually tell the listeners this time and, and not keep it to yourself. But uh, anyway, let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the 12.55. It is the Jennings bet. Hang on, are we going with the 12.55 first, yeah? Yeah. Okay, sorry. So the first race we're going to look at is the 12.55. It's the Jennings Bet Chips Chase Stakes. It's a group three over six furlongs. A pretty tight contest, this, despite there being only eight runners. Brad the Brief and Tiber Flow had the betting at four to one. We've then got Spy Catcher just in behind them at nine to two. Witch Hunter at fives. Mount Athos at eleven to two. Judicial, who loves it round here, twelves. Iconic Moment, twenties. And Prince of Pillow is the outsider at thirty-three to one. Casey, it looks like we got a bit of a tricky contest to kick off the podcast. Who are we going to go with here? I really like Spycatcher. He is a horse that I often put up on the podcast and he usually repays my faith in him. He was a decent horse at Ascot when last seen. He's had a bit of a break since, so he should be fresh and ready for this. Uh, it seems as if he sometimes benefits from a few weeks off, so he should be in good order. Uh, he is a listed winner placed at group two and at group three level so i don't think he has too much to find in this field i don't think it's as competitive as when he was second in a group two that was at york last year when he finished behind highfield princess uh, ahead of minzal who went on to win the sprint cup at haydock and he was also ahead of the likes of dragon symbol and rohan on that day as well he's got eight pounds to find with the favorite in this field but i think he's a decent each way bet Runs well in all weather, and I really like him, so it's spy catcher for me. Okay, spy catcher is for Katie. I'm going to go for Tiber Flow for Tom Marquand and William Haggis. Uh, William Haggis's team haven't been having the best season this year by their usual high standards in recent seasons, but there have been more signs of life recently, and Tiber Flow at one point was uh, well fancied um, to go uh, in the Commonwealth Cup last year at Royal Ascot. He came eighth in that when he was sent off 
12 to 1. And ever since then, he's found it maybe a little bit uh, harder in some really competitive group twos and group threes. Even though this is a group three, I think this is a little bit of an easier test than what he's been up against recently. He hasn't been seen for a little while. He was last seen finishing second behind Creative Force in a conditions race at Haydock. I think um, that break might have just done him the world of good. And he's come back on the all-weather now. Three wins from four starts. So he's won at the course as well uh, in the past. So that shouldn't be a problem. I just thought four to one, if there's a horse, they might be able to get back to uh, somewhere uh, near their their old form as a three-year-old. I just thought it could be him. And yeah, I'm just going to go for time of flow in what looks an open chip chase stakes. So that's our thoughts there. We then move on to the uh, feature race of the three-day Newcastle meeting. It's a 2.05. It's a Jennings bet. Northumberland plate handicap over two miles and a half of furlong. And we've got a field here of 19 runners. Good luck to you to try and find the winner of this race. Um, Post Impressionist is your favourite, 9-2. We then got Adjavant at sevens along with Golden Rules, um, Zoffy at sevens, Omniscient at tens, Lure of the Sea at twelves, Calling the Wind fourteens along with Nathaniel Green, Rajinsky at sixteens along with Vino Victris, and Bigger are the rest. Katie, you could have a couple of darts of this and still not get in the in the each way money, but uh, who's going to be on your shortlist for the feature? Well, I think Sophie sets the standard here for me. Course and distance winner running off 95 again. I think he's dangerous off that mark. He's a consistent horse and he does well over two miles. I won the Northumberland Vars last year when the land farms lower, but he has performed well off 93 this season, so he could still be fairly well treated. I think the golden rules is very interesting. Only seven career runs, four have come on the all-weather. He's slightly raced for a six-year-old, one over two miles at Campton on yard debut for Deborah Faulkner. Hasn't been seen since June 2021 before that for John and Thady Gosden. Nicely bred horse, unexposed. I think he's a big danger in this field. The likes of Aztec Empire, bigger price, could be better now off a lower mark. Harry Davis claiming three pounds. I think 33 to 1 is quite big for him, but the yard form is a slight concern. A 9% strike rate in recent weeks. Omniscient, interesting for Sir Matt Prescott. He's been performing at a 50% strike rate. Four year old, there's unexposed over the stay in trips. I think he could be able to improve. I also had a look at Nathaniel Green. By Nathaniel, who's a stallion, whose uh, progeny I love to back over stay in trips, but William Haggis obviously has a favourite in here as well. He's the yard's first string. I think Rajinsky's a likeable horse, but I think it's going to be a big ask of the weights for him. So the one I landed on is Baksha Rocco, whose recent form has left a lot to be desired, but returns the all-weather off a lower mark of 99. I think it gives him an each-way chance, and 25 to 1 is quite a generous price. He's a horse I like a lot. I've been sticking with him uh, over these staying trips. Yard form a slight worry, as I mentioned, but I think he might be worth sticking with. So I hope that he'll run well enough um, to get into the places. But for the win, I think I'm going to side with golden rules. So there's two for me there, Black Rocco each way and golden rules as my win selection. 
Okay, I actually quite like the chances of uh, Golden Rules. I uh, stole my thunder there, but um, yeah, I think you make a good case for him. He's a really interesting runner. He has been supported as well from slightly bigger prices. There could be a lot more to come uh, from him, um, especially uh, being very lightly raced for his age. The other one I quite like that Kate didn't mention was calling the wins uh, for Neil Callan and Richard Hughes. Now, it might be a slight concern that he's been turned around really quickly after he finished second um, at Royal Ascot behind a horse of uh, no name um, in the Ascot stakes there. But he's a horse that's just been threatening to win a really big handicap of this nature he's two pound well in at the weights um racing off a mark of 99 here he is uh, now officially rated 101 but when you make your entries for this you are able to race off your marker as long as you don't incur any penalties but it's just like i say a horse has been really consistent in these big field handicaps he actually hasn't raced in the northumberland plate as far what i could work out but I think off a mark of 99, he could definitely go well. Also, another thing to just factor in here is you probably want to be drawn out wide. A low draw isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, I think it's because you can sometimes get caught in trouble, uh, especially when they're coming across from the outside, you know. So it, it can be quite hard um, for those that uh, like to race further back and are drawn on the inside. So I think going with a horse that, um, is drawn in the higher numbers especially is definitely something to look out for which uh, golden rules and um, calling the wind have so um, yeah so, so so that shouldn't be too much of an issue for them so yeah that's uh, my two selections uh, in the feature at Newcastle on Saturday so we're going to move on now to Newmarket where we're going to look at the 115 we're on the July course here and we're looking at the Cavani menswear sartorial sprint Fred Archer stakes it's a listed race over in a mile and a half New London is your favorite at 11 to 10 we've then got Alassie at 2 to 1 uh, Kamari at 6 is Phantom Flight at 9s and Outbox is the outsider at 33 to 1 Casey we've only got five runners but I thought this was an intriguing little race. How did you see it? Well, I know I say this uh, about many horses, but I really love New London. Uh, I think he's a brilliant horse. I was a bit disappointed when he didn't go to the Derby last year, but then he went to Goodwood, won a Group 3. I was really confident in his chances there, and he was just fantastic. Second in the St. Ledger after that, the form of which has worked out really well with Eldar Eldaroff and Giavaletto running well in the Yorkshire Cup. Pasquay was in there too, and Emily Dickinson and behind New London. Now he's dropping back to a mile and a half again. First run since last September. First run after a wind up as well, and first time tongue tie is on. I think he's worth sticking with here. He goes well fresh. Alasi, who's probably his biggest danger, if you look at the ratings. He also returns after a long layoff. So I think New London could be a good bet in this one. Now, if he doesn't win, I think it's probably worth forgiving the run as he may benefit from the run out. But he could be fresh and ready for this. And, and if he is and has retained his ability, I think he's a brilliant. OK, that's uh, Katie's thoughts on the Fred Archer. I'm actually going to go with the outside of the field here to run a big race. That is outbox. He's currently 33 to 1. Now, he's a horse that normally either wins or gets tailed off but i just thought there was a lot to like about his latest run 
at York, if you just look away at how far he was beaten, if you go back and watch the race, at the two furlong pole, he's put up a mighty effort, but I just think maybe over a mile and six, he, he's not that effective these days, and this drop back in trip to a mile and a half could suit, um, he's probably going to get an easy lead, he likes to make the run in, he's a very uncomplicated horse, Holly and Nachi going along, great guns at the moment, he's won this race before in 2021, now I know he's an eight year old, and he's got m miles he's got lots to achieve um, on the ratings but I just thought if this gets tactical and we do see these tactical races unfold over the July course sometimes at this time of year with the quick ground likely to be in his favour I think he I think he could definitely maybe take the scalp of a few of these and he could be there or thereabouts getting a few sweating coming into the last 100, 150 yards or so. So I think outbox that's a 33 to 1 shouldn't be that price and I wouldn't uh, put you off if you wanted to maybe have uh, a couple of uh, pennies on him. So uh, I'm going to go for outbox uh, uh, in the uh, front archer. We're now going to move over to the car where we're going to be looking at the Pretty Poly Stakes. It's the feature race of their card on Saturday. It's a Group 1 uh, over a mile and two, and Via Sestina is your favourite at 9-4. to four. We then got Above the Curve at 5-2, to two, Never Ending Story at 5-1, to one, Ross Scarberry at 7s, Insuendo at 16s, Bigger are the rest. Katie, this is quite... An interesting race. We've got a few UK Raiders in here with the likes of Via Sestina. I see the likes of uh, Huey Morrison as well. It's got Stay Alert. It's quite an interesting looking race. Uh, who are you going to go with here? I'm very interested in one of the outsiders of the field uh, for Jim Bolger, and that's Comra, who I put up uh, on the Royal Ascot podcast last week as an alternative to the favourites in the Coronation Stakes. Didn't think she'd beat Tahira there, but I thought she could run well enough to place at a big price. And she was unfortunately taken out of the race with a VAT certificate, but she's back here. She's up in trip. Um, she was last seen running on well in the Irish 1000 guineas at the track, indicating that a step up could be beneficial and hopefully bring further improvement from her. She wore first time cheek pieces there and they stay on here. She is up against some tough fillies, but she does receive £10 from the four-year-olds, and I think she may have some untapped potential and could be worth sticking with. So I think at 25 to 1, she's a decent each-way price. Uh, for the win, though, I think it's difficult to look past above the curve, although Via Sestina has received plenty of market support today. Uh, I think above the curve sets the standard here. Course and distance winner two, won a group two on her last outing. Say she's an excellent chance, but I will be keeping a keen eye on Comra. Okay, I'm actually going to go for uh, Never Ending Story here. Um, she's been holding her own in some really good races this season. She was seen uh, last finishing second a couple of weeks ago in the French Oaks at Chantilly. She didn't run too badly uh, in the uh, in the French uh, 1000 guineas either. But I think over this kind of trip, there could be a lot more to come. And the £10 she's going to be getting from her old arrivals here, I, I just think that could definitely swing it in her favour. It's interesting that Ryan Moore has been booked as well. I just thought at the prices, she's ran about a 5 to 1 shot I've got on my screen currently. Um, I thought that was a little bit too big. And uh, I just think that, that £10 
with a three-year-old wait for age allowance, that could be key. And then a race of this nature, and she um, she could have a bit more to offer over this kind of trip. So for me, I'm just going to side with never ending story so that's the races covered on saturday we're just going to have a look now at the dubai duty free irish derby um which is like i say the feature race on sunday we don't have decks at the time recording they will be coming in tomorrow but i think most of these will probably stand their ground we've got august rodan as your favorite at one to two we've then got Spreewell at fives along with white birch up and under at 12s knight to king at 16s and bigger are the rest um katie august rodan uh, I personally didn't fancy him on Derby Day until we saw him in the in the parade ring where he stood out like a sore thumb. He definitely looked the best on that occasion. Do we think Aiden O'Brien's got him in the right spot now and he's going to be able to do the uh, Epsom Derby Irish Derby double? Yeah, I have to go for August Rodan here. I fell in love with him in the paddock at Epsom. Having had some doubts over him before that, he was just majestic. Uh, as you said, he really stuck out in the paddock. He was a beautiful horse. And he put in a perfect performance, didn't he? And the form is working out well. Derby runner-up, King of Steel. Uh, and Waipira winning at Royal Ascot last week. I think August Rodan is the class of the field here. I think he'll be very difficult to beat if he can replicate uh, his performance uh, at Epsom. Knight to King is an interesting entrant for Dermot Weld if he's declared. Only been seen once. He's unexposed, was an expensive purchase. He's a half brother to Gaius. His damn nighttime won the Irish 1000 Guineas back in 2006 under Pat Smullen. Very interesting runner. Uh, be keen to see how he gets on, but definitely uh, in the August Rodan camp. I jumped into the August Rodan fan club. Um, just before the derby and I'm definitely staying in it yeah I can see why he ticks a lot of boxes for the race I think he is the class I think the form is is working out well as you say with a few winning at Royal Ascot last week an interesting start if you want to take him on is Ryan Moore is uh, yet to win the Irish derby I think he's had 11 rides or something in it so that is uh, that is a monkey that Ryan will be looking to get off his back and August Rodan might well just be able to do it for him I, I think he'll he'll get the job done and as you say the Dermot Well runner that was the one I was actually looking at Knight King is maybe an alternative if he does run you say got a lovely pedigree related to Gaiaf but it was just the fact that there was a good word, word for him when he made his debut at Gorham Park there was a lot of money he opened up I think about 2-1 to one, nine to 4 in the betting and he was really strongly fancied so that that is something to take note of maybe he might be able to make the frame if uh, if he is declared and uh, yeah it's definitely one I, I will be keeping an eye on so away from the action we just covered I've just got a couple other things I wanted to touch upon uh, this weekend we've got some really good action elsewhere the likes of uh, Windsor uh, Doncaster some other racing at Newcastle as well, and a really competitive card at the Curra on Saturday, Chester as well. But the, the my attention is going to go here uh, to Newmarket, where we go to the Cavani Mensworth Fashion Face-Off Frenzy Criterion Stakes. It's the Group 3, and uh, it's going to be Pogo. Now, I know Liz is a massive fan of Pogo, but I think Pogo might be able to get back to winning ways here. He's got form over this course and distance. Uh, he's normally a really solid horse, but things just haven't quite gone to plan for him 
this season but this is an easier test than what he's had recently he was last seen finishing uh, nine lengths behind triple time in the queen anne stakes dropping back to seven furlongs probably will suit him and he's a horse as well that's uncomplicated he can often make the run in and i think if they do deploy those prominent tactics with kieran schumacher board i think at 10 to 3 i don't think he's a bad price there aldari's a horse even though he's likely race he's got the sexy profile is a horse that a short price I want to take on. So that's my thoughts there. And then I just have one other horse I want to draw your attention to. It's the 430 at Windsor, Educator. This is a horse that I thought was going to go places as a three-year-old. But unfortunately, he had one, two little setbacks for William Haggis. But in the last couple of runs since he's been turned out this season, he has definitely been showing that he holds some of his ability. He finished second last time at Kempton when he was closing late on. He was a real eye-catcher that day. But I think coming back to the turn, will definitely suit him he's of a mark of 93 here uh, Adam Farrer as well is an interesting jockey he rides quite a bit for William Haggis um, I obviously want to protect his claim because the three pounds is really valuable I think they've found a good opportunity here to get his head back in front I think some of the others have got to prove themselves if they're they're better than their mark um, I think there's quite a few that are exposing him for me educator he's currently around about five to two at the moment I just thought this could be his day where he gets his head back in front so that's that's it then for this week's podcast. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Remember to follow us on social media. We're available on Twitter and Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. You can follow us on all the major podcast platforms as well. We're available on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.